Welcome to the Cal Current Podcast, presented by the Law Offices of Snell and Wilmer. This is a legal podcast that examines a variety of current legal issues that affect individuals and businesses here in California and beyond. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Kevin Brown. In this episode of Cal Current, I'll discuss best practices and potential pitfalls of remote work policies. It's a brave new world for employers. At the outset of COVID-19, many employers were suddenly forced to send employees home and adapt to a new remote work environment. While some organizations had pre-existing remote work policies on which they could fall back, many did not. And even those employers with policies have come to realize that those policies probably were not tailored to the realities of a pandemic that mandated large-scale business closures and telecommuting. But now, as jurisdictions begin to ease their restrictions, Businesses and nonprofits are rethinking their traditional approaches to the work environment and considering whether some type of long-term remote work scenario for at least some of their employees might make sense, either to save on overhead costs or because the employees are requesting it. But the remote work environment is not a get-out-of-litigation-free card for employers. If anything, it presents additional challenges related to compliance with wage and hour laws, safety issues, cybersecurity, and employee reimbursement, just to name a few. Employers would be wise to consider revising their policies with a long-term remote work environment in mind, and employers that do not have remote work policies should consider implementing them if they plan to have any employees working remotely in the future. I'll first discuss salary and wage and hour considerations. Regarding salaries, ensure that if you've conducted or are considering salary reductions, that you don't reduce salaries too much. One pitfall some employers have fallen into involves exempt employee salaries. Pandemic or not, there is a minimum salary threshold for exempt employees. In California, if you have fewer than 25 employees, the floor is $49,920. And if you have more than 25 employees, it's $54,080. Also be aware that if you reclassify an exempt employee to non-exempt, then you must comply with the regular wage and hour laws. I'd also note that the Department of Labor has clarified that it's acceptable for exempt employees to take on more non-exempt duties during the pandemic. That leads me to my next point. All of the standard wage and hour laws apply. Maintaining time records, rest periods, meal periods, and overtime are all still requirements for employers. Non-exempt employees working in a remote environment still need to record all of the time that they worked, and employers must pay them for that time. Employees need to take all of their rest periods and meal periods just as though they were at the office. I know this may seem a little bit counterintuitive, but it's the law. A clear policy on this point and employee acknowledgement of the same is imperative, as well as procedures to implement and track compliance. This is one area in which many organizations have struggled because their timekeeping systems required a physical punch that is impractical in a remote work environment. If an employer has not done so already, it's time to adapt. Employees need to accurately record their time, including the timing of their breaks, and employers need to appropriately maintain those records. Finally, it's important that the employer and employee communicate about both the number of hours to be worked and the schedule for those hours so that everyone is clear about expectations. This is especially relevant now when many schools are closed and employees may have to balance childcare or supervising remote learning along with their job responsibilities. Next, I'll briefly cover safety considerations in the remote work environment. The Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, 
does not have any regulations regarding telework and home offices. Thus, the agency will generally not conduct inspections of employees' home offices or hold employers liable for employees' home offices and does not expect employers to inspect the home offices of their employees. Note, however, that employers who are required to keep records of work-related injuries and illnesses will continue to be responsible for keeping such records for illnesses and injuries occurring in a home office. That might even include COVID-19 if a home office worker becomes infected with COVID-19 while engaged with work, even at home, and if the infection qualifies as a recordable or reportable illness. Also, workers' compensation insurance may cover remote workplace injuries and illnesses depending on whether the injury was work-related. Employees must therefore report any work-related injuries, even if they occur while working remotely. To compensate for the inability to control the remote work environment, some employers are requiring employees to complete safety and ergonomic checklists to certify the remote work environment. But regardless of whether employees utilize these checklists, employers should at a minimum consider addressing safety in their remote work policies. Information security is another important consideration. There are cybersecurity and data breach concerns that arise when employees use unsecure home networks to access company infrastructure. While this concern is going to be unique to every employer, it's important that organizations thoughtfully address the issue through technology, training, and in their policies. Finally, I'd like to cover expense reimbursement. Section 2802 of the California Labor Code requires employers to reimburse their employees for the reasonable and necessary expenses they occur in direct consequence of discharging their job duties. The purpose of this statute is to prevent employers from passing on their operating expenses to their employees. Section 2802 liberally applies to expenses that employees may be required to incur, such as vehicle expenses or travel expenses, cell phone use, internet plans. So the question for the employers are, what are the truly necessary expenses? Some remote work expenses traditionally have not been reimbursable under California law, because telecommuting and remote work opportunities were not mandated by the employer, as many companies had optional work-from-home programs that are at the employee's convenience, and such employees continue to have the option to either work from home or work in their employer's office and use the company equipment and supplies that they need to do their jobs. In fact, courts have held that the expenses associated with working out of a home office were not necessary expenses as a matter of law, where participation in the work at home was optional. The employer made physical workspaces with computers, phones, and other necessary equipment available to the employees so that they did not have to work remotely. But companies are required to reimburse their employees for personal cell phone or internet expenses that are a foreseeable and clearly anticipated cost of doing business. And that reimbursement should be for a reasonable percentage of the employee's bill under Section 2802. For the duration of this pandemic, however, Many employees have been forced to work from home. Employers, therefore, may be required to reimburse employees for their reasonable and necessary home office expenses, which might include a portion of the expenses associated with cell phone or landline use, a home internet plan, a personal computer or tablet, or teleconferencing software or hardware. However, this may not include some other home office expenses, which are merely at the convenience of the employee such as higher-speed internet or an extra computer monitor or printer. Remember, reimbursement is required even where the employees incur no additional expense. This means that an employer could be required to reasonably compensate employees for, say, a portion of their personal cell phone bill, 
even if the employee was already planning to pay for that service for his or her own personal use. With that, we've come to the end of this episode of CalCurrent. I have been your host, Kevin Brown. As always, I welcome any comments or questions related to this podcast, and also please feel free to reach out if you'd like a checklist that summarizes this content. You can email me at kmbrown at swlaw.com. That's kmbrown at swlaw.com. Thank you for your time and have a great day. Thank you for listening to CalCurrent, a weekly podcast navigating California's legal landscape brought to you by the law offices of Snell & Wilmer. Do you have a topic you would like to discuss? Please feel free to send us your topics to calcurrent at swlaw.com. Be sure to check out our website for more episodes and information about this podcast. We can also be found on all major social media platforms at SWLaw News. Thank you and until next time.